This is a previously recorded episode. Tell me you love me. I need a good laugh. I'm only water. You need a good bath. Whiskey and perfume. You had a nightcap. Now how about that? I've got a new friend. A perfect stranger. He's got a bullet with your name in the chamber. I'm body organ. Rearranger. You feel my danger. Nooner time. Welcome to the Nooner Show with Jay Dubs and Denise Brennan Nelson. We are broadcasting live from Detroit Sound Studios, high above Activate Gaming in Ferndale, Michigan. You can find us at DetroitPodcast.com. What time is it? It's Nooner time. Somebody bring me a mirror. Day. Happy hump day, everyone. Hump day. Yes. Gosh, you know what? <laughs> I feel like I've been gone for a while because last week yeah. we yeah, had a snow day. Like Remember, we had a snow mm-hmm. day last week. And, of course, Denise and I were pansies. We won't drive in the snow. No, there was a lot of snow, and you guys are far there from here. Go. So that that's, that's yeah, too yeah. far. Yeah, sure, sure. No, they're just pansies. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, actually, Man our, up. Our, no, yeah. Stuck in we, we are pansies. I mean, that. but thanks, Jess. I love you. That's why we love you, Jess. I have your back. Um, yeah, I know you do. Um, but uh, actually, our guest last week, uh, Latasha Perry, who is an author and also a very successful blogger, it also is an hour away and she's expecting so really we didn't want her on the roads as well uh, so we rescheduled her for april 6th we're going to do two shows that day we have uh, latasha perry and um the band calling marvin so we have a double whammy double nooner time uh, on april 6th okay so here's the other thing my co-host is not here today denise mm-hmm. brennan nelson um, so filling in for her is the lovely Rocky Veluse. And some people hey, call hey. you Rocky Veluche. Yeah. <laughs> like you're some clothing designer person <laughs> from Milan, right? Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then, of course, Jess is back. I missed you, Jess. I missed you, too. It was, uh, it was sort of a boring start to my Wednesday last week. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, but that's, that's right. good Give to hear, though. Now. You needed a little bit of nooner. The nooner yeah. girls. Huh? I like my my nooner, nooner time fix. and my wine. And there you go, you your know, wine. The banter. Well, speaking <laughs> of wine, I got to give a shout out to Tony and Jeremy from the Gooder Guys. Um, they have their show on tonight. It's every Wednesday from nine to eleven. Yeah. Um, they left Denise and I some wine, and we're drinking it right now. And poor Denise isn't here, so Denise's gonna be gone by next week. <laughs> but thank you, Tony and Jeremy. We're gonna have to get you guys some nooner beer. How's that? There you go. Yeah, so... Um, they will drink it. <laughs> and we have Big John in the house today. Yeah, glad he, to be here. Thank you for being here. And he, he brought our uh, guests that we're going to talk to pretty soon within just a couple minutes. Um, so anyway, Denise, just so you guys know, is not having another snow day today, I don't think. I would hope mm. not. Well, I don't think. <laughs> it's like 70 degrees outside. I but. know. No I know. Snow. But, so here's the thing. Um, she hosted the bachelorette party for our CEO. 
you oh. know, which I heard was a phenomenal party. I had another commitment, so I couldn't go. So she's either still hungover. <laughs> or, I'm going to go with that one. Go yeah. with that yeah. one. Or she is um, working. She did tell me today that she is um, entertaining the kids at Seymour Elementary School in Flushing. Because March is reading month, and Denise, mm-hmm. who is a successful children's author, as you guys know, is, uh, you know, we're entertaining the kids, teaching them, um, you know, whatever mm-hmm. about stories, about how to books. write stories. <laughs> um, no, you know, her, her classes, her um, presentations are so creative, creative I writing, remember. and they're very inspirational, and I know the kids love having her, but... I will um, never forget when I was in second grade, and you guys said when she came out with Buzzy the God, Bumblebee. don't tell me. <laughs> don't and remember. she did, we were one of the, I, yeah. we, one of the first yes. presentations she did, I was in yeah. second grade, and J-Dubs over here was the Bumblebee, I so knew she you was were gonna in a gigantic Bumblebee costume. <laughs> I pictures. I do have I do pictures somewhere, of that. Yeah. Oh, God, but that's I knew much. it was my mom, but she wouldn't acknowledge me. So <laughs> I was like, that's my mom. She's like, no, it's Buzzy. I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> that's how much of a sucker I am. You know, I mean, Denise could probably still get me to wear a Buzzy, <laughs> the Bumblebee costume. Well, now we're going to have to get a Felix one so she can, you can uh, yeah, she get can her back. Yeah, she can wear the Felix. Yeah, exactly. But uh, no, anyway, so she's out at the schools today. And hopefully she's talking to these kids about the importance of nooner time. I would hope so, because it's these kids need to learn that at a young age. They should be learning. Why not? At least the PG. Nooners. (laughs) So, um, okay, would not be the same uh, nooner show without either a rap song or a trivia game from Denise. And so since she's not. Yeah. Right. So. Oh, gosh. One of you guys are going to hit Rocky. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Jen? No, I can't. <laughs> George probably George will, so we're not going to ask you. Uh, okay, well, that's okay, because I do have a little trivia for you guys, okay? And this is on behalf of Denise. So you have your little bells in front of you. Why right. give me one? I always lose. <laughs> Where's your bell, Rocky? Don't, don't act. Okay, so okay. this is true or false. Little trivia. In honor of March... Uh, Literacy Month, and in honor of Denise Brennan Nelson. Uh, okay, true or false? Dr. Seuss was a pediatric before he became an author. True. Okay. Anyone else? Yeah, nothing. Got nothing. Just for fun, I'll say uh, false. Okay, George, <laughs> false. You're right. Wow. He was not a doctor. He I'm just put he was really a doctor. Huh? No, <laughs> he was not a doctor. He just put the uh, doctor in front of his name um, because his dad wanted him to go to school to be to get his doctorate degree. So oh. he just did probably it for better that than my doctor. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Glad he didn't. We wouldn't have green eggs and ham. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Another one. Uh, Denise Brennan Nelson was an award-winning hip-hop artist before she became an author. <laughs> Go ahead. Not Ra- a chance. <laughs> That's <What>? false. <laughs> Wait, what are you guys saying? <laughs> okay, well, you you guys are right. She was not, but she is an award-winning author, children's yeah. author, so just so you know. And I think based on that song that she wrote and rapped when Red was she here. Be, I, I think she's on her a little way. More, a little I more practice. She's on her way. I think we're going to see her at the Detroit Music Awards next year. <laughs> so. be awesome. All right. Okay. Uh, we, we have just a couple more. Dr. Seuss just celebrated his 112th birthday. I'm going to say true. Anybody else? I think it's true. 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 Well, it's true. true and false. It was his 100, he would have been 112 years old, but oh. he's dead, so he didn't celebrate. Um, everybody oh. else did. Oh, so, so it's a trick it, question. It's a trick question. <laughs> oh, Denise sneaky, would be so sneaky. proud. I know she's sitting there going, wow, look at her. Okay. Um, How many more of these, Jack? 
Uh, <laughs> I want to. Trivia is not really your thing. So no. I mean, you're doing great. I'm not going to say you're not. You're not. But Denise is really the trivia. Like, why? Gonna, why do you guys yeah. get excited when Denise does this? And so I'm just trying to keep thing. the tradition going. No, well, she's, she's not she here. Gets really so. excited about she it too. She really so does. Funny. I'm trying to be excited about this. You know? <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, all right, so more. Well, a couple more. Okay. <laughs> Prior to writing children's books, Dr. Seuss was a contributor for Vanity Fair and Life magazine. True or false? Oh, I want to say that that's false. true. False. I think it's false. True. Really? Yes. I I remember reading something about that. It was. But I couldn't remember if it was exactly right. (laughs) All right. Just a couple more. J.K. Rowling was the first billionaire author. Oh. True. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Okay. She wasn't sure about that. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Dr. Seuss, his first manuscript was picked up immediately within an hour after he uh, submitted it. False. True. True. False. It was wow. actually rejected 27 times. Wow. Before, uh, the story was called, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, and it was rejected 27 times before Vanguard Press picked it up. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, we have one more. Okay. okay. Uh, this one is multiple choice. Just want to make sure you guys are awake. Okay. The opening bid for the chair that J.K. Rowling sat in while writing the first two Harry Potter books started at A, $575, B, $7,300, C, $28,000, or D, $45,000? Ooh. I'm going to say $28,000 or whatever it was. Twenty-eight. You think her her butt on her chair was... Worth twenty eight thousand. I don't say it forty eight thousand. I just think people You're spend saying the money on forty. Kind of it was forty five thousand. You're saying forty five. People are obsessed with Harry Potter. I am one of those people. <laughs> I'd say the lowest because usually start lower than people pay up. Okay, the opening bid goes to Jessica. It was forty five thousand wow. dollars? Oh, seriously, wow. seriously forty five thousand dollars for a chair? She yes. Sat in. Well, this yeah. is the opening bid. I wonder that was the opening bid. So I don't know for? what they actually. Uh, wow. Yeah, can you can you imagine? It's crazy. Yeah, I, I wish somebody would pay forty eight thousand for a chair that I sat in. <laughs> Me too. I, I, wish, I need to get listen. I, I, I together. I wish somebody would pay forty five dollars. You know. <laughs> yeah. I wish somebody would pay anything. I, would pay I have my stuff's out yeah. in a garage sale. Nobody gives a crap. <laughs> so anyway, okay. Um, so wasn't that fun? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Look Extremely. at you guys. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> You guys are acting like I do when Denise does. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, anyway, uh, so before we get started on our favorite segment, I do want to give a quick shout out to uh, Melanie Williams, who's been on our show a couple times now. She is the uh, founder, CEO of Guru Public Relations and Concierge Company. And once again, I mean, last year she was just full of awards. And again, this year she's starting off with um, she was uh just um, honored as one of the 25 remarkable women and girls inspiring change around the world. Wow. So way to go, Melanie. Yeah, way to go. All right, so you know what we have coming up, right? It's my favorite segment. <laughs> Everybody's favorite segment, I think. All right, it is time for What's the Wish, What's the Way, and What is in the Way? This segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented and gutsy individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, and turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. Our guest today is a singer, songwriter, and a rock and roll badass from Detroit. He is nominated for four Detroit Music Awards, and his newest single, Crazy, has been featured on the Motor City Music Minute for the Detroit Red Wings, along with... Much radio play on 89X. 
His new band is called George Need and the Law-Abiding Citizens, and they are taking Detroit Rock City by storm. Welcome, George Need. Thank you for Ooh. having me. Well, okay, so before we get started with the interview, I just need to know, are your band members uh, really law-abiding citizens? Because <laughs> I looked at your Facebook uh, page, and, 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 it, and some of them look just a little sketchy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, probably not. Probably <laughs> not. All right. That's okay. All right. Seriously. That's the whole uh, catch behind it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, I uh, As I started doing research with you, it just seemed like, uh, well, I met you at that Detroit Music Awards pre-party. Yes. And heard a lot about you. And so then when I started looking into you, it was like, Holy shit, where'd this guy come from? <laughs> so where did you come from? Get, how'd you get started? Oh, uh, man, good question. Um, I just had an act for wanting to sing. I was dying to sing. I did it wherever I could, anywhere I could get a microphone and people to listen. I just would jump on stage. And uh, eventually I thought, let me try to put something together. So I just kind of got with some guys from the neighborhood, okay. you know, people we knew. Mm -hmm. they, they were a little younger than me, but... We started um, just kind of jamming a little bit. And before you know it, we were writing songs. And, and nine months later, we started playing. I mean, it was literally just like that. I really had no prior training or anything. I just yeah. started out and took a shot. I was kind of like pushing 30 at the time. So it was like everybody was thinking I was a little stupid for doing it, you know, because they're like, hey, you're a little old. You've been doing this years ago. You know, you're already working and living your life. But I just had to try well, and good so, for you. Thank you. So we uh, started playing. We started Bristol Street, and that was the original band I was in first. And um, we did our very first show at uh, the New Way Bar here okay. in Ferndale. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, Ricky Rocks, who's a good friend, he yeah. um, I didn't know him at the time, but I saw him post something on Facebook that he needed uh, a closing band. So okay. we took the spot. I asked him, would you mind – using a band that hasn't played live together before. He said, sure, I don't care as long as they're closing. You know, right. we ended up packing the place. Wow. Really? And it just went from there. Like, and it just exploded. It just kind of exploded. Yeah, a lot more than what I, what I thought it was going to. We, well, we started getting offers from everybody to play, and it just went better and better and better and hard work and dedication, I yeah. guess. Well, when did you realize you could sing? I mean, because you have a great voice. Thank you. Um, I... People were telling me for a long time that they thought I could sing. I didn't really know or believe, I guess, to uh -huh. that extreme. Yeah. Um, but I always loved it, and I just wanted to try. And I think the more I got comfortable, yeah, you know, the more I came out of my shell and right. was willing to experiment. And then mm -hmm. before you know it, it was just like, oh, I can really do this. So <laughs> I wanna... your voice is just phenomenal. Yeah. I Thank mean, you we, so we much. We were playing crazy earlier, which we'll play. Shortly, I was like, oh, my gosh, his voice is like – it's you're like a combination of like Bob Seger like meets Kid Rock. Like it's Kid so Rock. bluesy That's, that's what I get that all the time. I, I yeah, always, but you just like got the know. edginess and like the soulfulness like that Bob Seger has, which is awesome. Well, they've always been a huge influence to me, both of them. You know, I yeah. love both of their music. I've been a big fan of both of them for as long as I can remember. And um, so I've always been compared to them. But I feel like it's just that Detroit swag. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just kind of <laughs> – it feels natural to me to be that way. It's not like right. I'm trying to mimic anybody yeah. or sound like somebody in particular, but it right. just comes out. You know, I've got that raspiness. And as I think as if I've learned to use it, yeah. you know, it's gotten better and right. better and better. And then I've gotten more comfortable and pushed it to see how much better I can do for myself. But you can't 
be that great if you don't have the right people behind you as well. Right. You know, it takes a lot and having a good band and good people behind you is huge. Right. So that's kind of how Bristol Street went. You know, I was very fortunate to do a lot with those guys. Okay. Um, they were great, mm-hmm. but eventually just differences, you yeah. know, things, some people wanted to do certain things, right. others wanted to do another. So it was just kind of best to part ways. And How um, long ago was that? That was actually a year ago. We played our last show together March 28th. Oh, wow. Uh, one okay. year ago almost. Wow. Okay. So, um, so it kind of left me like you know, frazzled. I was like, I didn't, you know, I'm like, well, you know, we're, we're. Because that was your first band, yeah. right? And I never wanted to have multiple bands or yeah. jump around. I was like, yeah. I want to do this. I want to do it. Let's ride it out as far right. as we can go. Right. And things were going great. I mean, we played, we opened Freedom Hill for a national festival. Wow. We played with like Chevelle and wow. Offspring and A Day to Remember and mm-hmm. Bad Religion. We've played with Saving Abel. We wow. played with Zach Myers from Shine. I mean, we were doing all this really right. fun and you, stuff. And you guys won a couple of awards too during yeah, we, that time, right? We, yeah. I mean, Is we the, were just kind of killing it yeah. for like a local act. Yeah. And, um, and I don't know, just some differences started to be too much, right. you know, and if that chemistry breaks, it, right. it kind of ruins it all. And there was no point to keep going. Right. And, and if we weren't all on the same page, so, um, just kind of split. And I was like, you know, back to the drawing board, right? you know, so that's when I got in the studio and wrote crazy. Okay. And, um, it has a lot of reference yes. to that mm-hmm. yeah. split, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Um, and then I just kind of scoured the town looking for the right people. And, and then how long did, did it take you to put together the new band? Uh, the first, met my drummer probably last summer, over the summer. Okay. I actually met him through a guitar player. They were friends okay. and I met them both. I started jamming with them a little bit and we hit it off right away. Mm-hmm. And then eventually the guitar player kind of had some personal stuff going on. So mm-hmm. he kind of was doing his own thing. Yeah. So I kept with Ken, who's now my guitar or my drummer. Okay. Um, and I was just like, just stick with me because we'll find the right people. And, right. you know, if you're on board, just right. we'll, we'll take the time we need. We'll find them. Right. We'll get going. And so little by little, they came. You know, we auditioned yeah. people, met with people. And right. then eventually Josh Friedman, who is now, you know, I guess you could say lead they don't like to call each other leader rhythm, okay. but he's, you know, one of my, my first guitar player that came on board. Okay. So we had, now we had three of us and we, we auditioned bass players like crazy. And then eventually we found Juno, who is now okay. our bass player. And then after it was the four of us, we were pretty confident. So we're starting to write and we're practicing and we're getting back in the groove. And then we eventually brought Nate on, who's now our other guitar player. Okay. So we're back to a full five piece. Right. And we're rocking and rolling. Yeah. So let's talk about what we're going to listen to crazy in just a few minutes, but um, you're up for four um, Detroit music awards, right? Okay. Go ahead. What what are you nominated for exactly? Um, Best rock song for crazy. Okay. Um, Best rock vocalist, best rock songwriter, and best rock wow. artist. Well, I'm not sure awesome. how you wow. can do vocalist and artist, yeah. but I'm, I'm that's <laughs> okay. You'll so take I'm, awesome. I'm blessed to yeah. be nominated. Sure, you know? just to be nominated, awesome. especially in such a short yeah. period of time. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. pretty amazing. I mean, it's literally only been a little over three years, maybe three wow. and a half years wow. since Bristol Street first came on the scene. Yeah, and it just hasn't stopped since. You know, and I'm. That's that's fantastic. Now, when you um, when you wrote crazy, it, and I 
I've done a lot of research in the past about songwriters and, you know, and, and they always say that it's somebody's story. It's either their story or somebody else's yeah. story, you know? And so you're saying crazy because when we were listening to it, you know, we, we started like, listen to it over and over and over. Uh, one, I, I love it because first of all, I love the whole groove to it. You know, you hear a lot of, um, musicians describe themselves as, um, you know, rock and roll. Their music is rock and roll. And a lot of times when I listen to it, I only hear the rock. I never hear the roll part. Right. Where I felt like with your songs, you could it, it was definitely a nice blend of rock and roll because Thank it you. really did make you move. But um, so we listened to it over and over just in, in listening to the lyrics because I always try and figure out what's the story, what was you know what was what was happening when he wrote it, and I kind of figured you know okay there was uh, a separation going on, there was closure there. You know, he's moving in his own direction, and it's yeah. it's okay. I still love you guys, and um, so when you wrote it and you recorded it, um, you know, months later when you go back and you listen to it, does it bring up those same emotions of when you first wrote it, or not really? Or can you listen to it now and it's it's a cool song, and or does it bring all that stuff back up? It it doesn't bring much back. I mean, it does in its own way. Every time I think about it, I guess that's my little trademark on that whole situation. So okay. it will always have that relevance to me. But mm-hmm. I think, like, from what I've gathered from people that listen to it, you know, they almost use it in their own way, right. splitting with mm-hmm. people or right. whatever they've been through. So I guess it has a lot of relevance to however your situation exactly. is. You know, for me, it is extremely relatable. Right. <laughs> so I was listening, going, "Huh?" Yeah. Well, that's what I try to. Me? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I try to do when I, whenever I'm writing songs. I guess it just depends on the mood I'm in or what's yeah. going on at that time. But I try to write. To make it relatable to people, you know. What is your writing process like? How do you do? You sit down with a guitar player. Do you sit down with a guitar yourself? Like how? What? Like what? I guess like kind of makes you tick creatively. I guess like what is there like a certain ritual? Or I'm always curious about people and what they how um, they write. With with Bristol Street, it was. I would always write. You know, a lot of times they would be working on music mm-hmm. and they'd give it to me and I'd write to it or mm-hmm. vice versa with the new band so far it's kind of been a team effort as yeah. far as you know they're working on music I'm working on lyrics sometimes I just I guess whenever it hits me I just yeah. sit down and start writing if I get an idea or something that comes to mind mm-hmm. some a catchy melody or something mm-hmm. I'll start writing and then you know we might build off of it okay. or they might have some music um, you know and I'll just start working off that you know mm-hmm. or and then we make it all come together and we put in our ideas I really don't have no specific or out of the ordinary yeah, ritual mm-hmm. to it. It's just whenever it hits me, whenever I'm feeling it, I yeah. don't like to try to force it. I feel like there's times when I've sit down and try to write and it's just not, nothing's not popping, there. you mm-hmm. know, and it's like, you're trying to force it and you're getting nowhere and it's just, you know, so I kind of wait till either I have a good solid something to go off of that inspires me to, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. based on the sound of the music or the guitar riffs or chord progressions, I might think, Oh, it makes me feel this way. So yeah. I start writing or I just go off, you know, if I'm sitting there and I have nothing and I'm sitting there and just something comes to my mind and I start writing it and, and yeah. then build it into something, you know. Wow. So um, that's pretty much it. I, I don't have any like weird things yeah. that I do <laughs> yeah. or something like that. So when you were going through that um, that change with the band and stuff and you wrote it, was that is is that like therapy? I mean, to, to write yeah. a song like that and, and sort of like, it's like, oh, you let it out and it's closure and you've moved on and now you have a great song that 
everybody can relate to? Yeah, it is. It kind of made me feel good. Like I didn't want to, I wanted to do it tastefully. Right. I didn't want to like bash them because you right. know what? They're good guys. Right. And I mean, I right. still got love for them. It's oh, no sure. hard feelings. It's kind of right. like a business relationship. Right. It just exactly. didn't work out. Right. But it doesn't mean I don't like them personally. Right. So I didn't want to do it without having some sort of taste to it. You yeah. Know? Like I didn't want to just bash them and make it look bad. And then it makes me look bad right. for, for being that way. Right. Right. Um, I got the beat. Or the music. It initially, the song initially started as more of a, um, not hip hop, but it was all done digitally. It was oh, no okay. real instruments on wow. it at first. Um, Nabil, DJ Salmon. Oh, yeah. Um, he's a great friend. Yeah, he's and a good guy. He had this thing he put together, this beat um, for almost two years. Well, he's been hanging on to it, but he's been content. He was trying to get me to do it. For a long time. And I was so busy with Bristol Street that I just never had the time between what we were doing to write it. When I split with them, I hit them up right away and I'm like, send me that song again. Let's see what we can do now that I have the time to focus. And um, and I'm like, let's turn it into a rock song. We both had the same path we wanted to take with it. So he's just like, do whatever you want with it, you know, lyrically. So I was just sitting there, and that that was fresh on my mind. I was wow. kind of just like, and that's just what it became. Really? And then we took it into the studio, and then we got Tony Green uh-huh. to record bass for us. So he's um, playing bass on this song? Yes. No That's all his kidding. bass work. Yeah. <laughs> he's actually doing the claps with us in the end, too. That's really? Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to see him in an hour, yeah. so uh, I, oh, I can't wait to... Well, you might end up being in his book then, you know? <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, so that's that's how it went. And then we, we brought in guitar players at the time to do it, to mm-hmm. record. Um, I wasn't even there that day, but Sam Ann had a, a guitar player come in and somebody he works with and he recorded like two or three different versions of it. And I just picked what I thought fit best with the song. Oh, wow. um, We used that and then Tony did the bass and then we just kind of just pieced it together like that, you know, and then, well, you know what? It was like, wow, this is actually a pretty cool song. Yeah. I you think know? people need to hear it right now. Yeah. We've been talking I about think it, so talking too. about we, it so we much. We gotta, so we gotta we're going to play Crazy right now by George Janine. Crazy.
Oh my god, I love that song. I just I could listen to that over and over. And I picture uh I I picture driving with a in a convertible with that song. Oh yeah. I really do. And I'm and I'm like laying on the beach, chilling. I kind of picture myself driving fast in a convertible and just thinking to myself, yeah, I'm better off alone. (laughs) I love it. Uh, and God, your vocals are so good. Thank you. Okay, so your role right now in your band, um, you're the front person, and it, are you the you manage the band as well, sort of, or how does that work? I guess you can say that in a way. I mean, I've always done that, you know, through my other band, so it just kind of felt natural to keep that going. I mean, everybody is. I think I'm probably the most connected and plugged into the to the music scene, so it just made okay. sense to just keep it going. Now that doesn't mean that anybody can't be right. involved in anything like right. i told everybody you know it's our band it's our thing if you have leads connections you want to talk you want to do this go right. ahead well they're probably they're probably thrilled to death that you're taking that on <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, of course. i mean usually music musicians don't want to have anything to no. do with that right. part of it yeah. i mean is it hard to um you know to, to wear the uh, business hat and then also the artist hat because you know the thing with musicians, and you know Rocky and I have gone through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know they're they're creative, um, but to really be a successful band or a successful musician, you have to wear that business hat. I yeah. mean, it is business like yeah. anything else. So is it hard to balance both those things? Sometimes, I mean, not in a sense that like it bothers me to do it. I love it, and I don't yeah. mind it at all. Um, there are times when I would love to just be the artist and yeah. focus on doing that sort of stuff. But I'll do whatever it takes to get where we need to go. Right. You know? And if that means I've got to, you know, work a little harder to get us what we need to do, book us some shows. Or right. Get us here or there. You know, I'll be glad to do it. You know, I, I'd rather do it myself, you know, and know it's getting done. Right. Not to right. say that they won't do it. I'm right. just saying, you know, I feel good inside knowing it's a comfortable are getting role taken for you. care of. Yeah. 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 Um, now, one of the things that you just said was uh, – that you're the one that's most connected to the music scene. And how did that happen? Because, I mean, you haven't been doing it that long. So how did you get so connected? Uh, Just, I think, everything we did, I think that gave us some really good street credit. And I've Mm. made sure to plug in with everybody. You know, I've 
I follow people. I watch who they're may hanging out with, where they record, what they do. That's good. And I try to be supportive when yeah. I can, you yeah. know, and I make that connection to people. Right. And I think that's important. Right. You know, you have to be connected. You have to show support. You have to know what's going on if you want to find your way through. You oh, know? my gosh. And so Seriously, I just read a business article about – uh, the music business. And I swear to God, you could have wrote it because that's exactly <laughs> what they talked about. But it was all about networking yeah. and the importance of connections yeah. and getting out of your bubble and really knowing what's going on in the community, in the community and participating. Because yeah. I think part of the problem too, is that so often musicians, because they're so focused on their talent and their craft, they don't want to get out of that bubble other right. than to perform. They don't understand the importance of socializing and networking and building that whole um, community of people that right. you can pull from and, you know, to help your career. Well, that's kind of what drove Bristol Street apart mm-hmm. because, you know, for a long time, it was just me doing all that stuff. And then my brother was a huge support and he helped on the back end a lot, you know, promoting, helping us, doing whatever we needed. And I'm grateful for him because, yeah. you know, it took a little bit of stress off me. Right. You know, but, I kept trying and trying. Come on, guys. Let's all, you know, let's go out and support this band tonight. Let's go see this show. You know, hey, I'm going to the DMA's pre-party. Yeah. Come on out. You know, you can meet people. Talk That's to good. people. Right. Shake hands. Get to know people. They, right. If you're showing love to them, they'll show it back. Exactly. You know? And I could never get anybody to do it. It's like they didn't care. Now, on one yeah. hand, I get it. You just want to play the music. But right. how are you going to get people to believe in you and follow you if you're right. not out there shaking hands and doing things and communicating? Communicating, talking, and learning. Right. You know? So right. that was a big thing, and it eventually, I think, just kind of in and other things as well. But that was yeah. one of the main thing, main things that drove us apart. Right. Because I just couldn't didn't see anybody really getting involved. Right. You know. And this is a like a family thing. We're a band. Right. We're a team. We got to be doing this. You know? Right. How do you expect people to come support you if you're not going out and supporting them? Right. You know, or meeting and networking. You know, right. So. I wonder if um, I mean because you you seem to have such a great grasp on the whole business side of it, and you do understand how important that is. I wonder if maybe because you didn't start out so young that you were able to kind of watch what was going on with other musicians and stuff like that. So I don't know. Maybe did that help you at all? Um, you know, realize the importance of that side of the business. It did, and like well, another thing that really helped me was I had real working experience. You know, I worked mm-hmm. for. Big companies, mm-hmm. you know, all throughout. That's my always 20s. fun, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is a lot more fun. Yeah, I'm sure. But, but through that, I learned a lot. You know, I watched how businesses functioned, and I watched how to market, and watched how to do these kind of things yeah. that really drive a business. So, right. I tried to apply that in any way I could to the band, you know, and just you know, from posting social media right. to using all these tools that are free right. to you know get it out there. I mean, people from. All over the world will write and say, hey, I love your song. Hey, I love this. You know, how else would I have ever gotten to that exactly. person? You know, you got these free tools. Use them. Right. You know, so I just always tried to take what I learned throughout the years in real work experience and apply it That's great. to the band. Right. You know, and, and hope that it works. And it's trial and error. You know, some things right. work better than others. Yeah. Some don't. Well, but. you know, back in my day, we used to just print uh, well, we had typewriters on. I know you guys don't even know what those are, but and I the, do. you do, John. Yeah. yeah, those big finger. heavy things. Yeah, and then you made copies, and then you just did that grassroots promoting and handed yeah. them out. I still do that, though. Well, I still hey. do that. Yeah, I still you, you don't use out. a typewriter, though, do you? No. Okay. <laughs> no. 
but we will still make, you know, flyers. Oh, yeah. You know, my brother makes awesome promo flyers for us for all the shows. So we'll go out and, like, I'll go to wherever the venue's at, you know, a few weeks before and we'll print a few hundred copies and walk down the street and put them in other businesses by there. Put them in the venue. Put them wherever you can. I mean, it's old school, but it works. I mean, how do you think people used to pack venues back in the day? And they used to pack them back in the day, you know? These days, I feel like it's a little different. I don't know if these younger kids these days even care about going out because they're so worried about sitting on their little devices at home and being dorks. But, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like, I love getting out there and connecting with people. That's one of the biggest things that's so like rewarding about this. Well, that's interesting that you say that because really you're selling yourself Mm -hmm. before you sell your music. I mean, you're the, the image, you're the image of your music. So having that personal connection like that is what I think, you know, makes, makes some people successful and others not. And you got to believe in yourself. Right. If you don't believe in yourself, they won't believe in you. Right. How do you um, keep that going? That, that attitude of believing in yourself, because seriously, and I say this every time we have a musician on, I just think it's one of the hardest career paths to, um, to pursue one of the hardest passions to pursue because it's, it's just so full of rejection and critics and, uh, and empty venues and and no money. Like, how do you keep believing in yourself? Uh, honestly, all the wonderful people that have supported me and all the great friends I've made. You know, when I see the reaction and the support people give me, it's inspiring. You know, you got make good friends like all of you guys, like John. Mm-hmm. You know, all these people that have supported me and, and my bands and, and everything we've done, that's inspiring. You know, it makes you want to keep going. It yeah. makes you want to keep going. And yeah, everybody has them nights where they show up and play for five people. Yeah. But it's them. Not, it's like I ref- kind of use it as a reference to golf. You know, you, you hit 10 balls and, and all of them go every which way, but where you want it. But that one great shot keeps you going. Oh, that's so, a good you know, analogy. when you're when you're playing and everybody yeah. goes through it, you, you're climbing up and you're trying to get out there and, you know, you play for five people. And I've done that many times you right. know, where we show up and it's. Like kind of really uninspiring, but right. I love what I'm doing, and I feel like if you just stick to it, keep going, you right. know, eventually the bigger stages will come, and the more and they did, yeah. You know, I mean, when we played Freedom Hill, it was huge. It was oh yeah, by far the biggest. Oh, yeah. you know, audience we ever played in front of. And then the week before that, we played with Saving Abel at the Diesel in wow. the theater room, mm-hmm. and the place was jam packed. And right. I mean, we, you know, I mean, it's stuff like that that keeps you going. You right. Know, I want to get back to that. I want to be on that stage. Yeah. I want to play with those bands. I want to, you know, have that crowd. So right. you keep driving to get back there. You know, and stay there. Um, the lyrics to um, the song from ACDC. I've talked about this before on the show. Oh gosh, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Yeah. I always say that I think every musician needs to print those lyrics and just carry them in their back pocket because that song to me is the best description of what it's like to try and be a rock and roller. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's no pay, it's empty venues. It's um, I love the lyrics. I mean, I carry them and I'm not a musician. Thank God. (laughs) And I'm not a wannabe musician either. Just so you guys know. Nothing good comes easy. And anybody who's succeeded, most of them have worked their ass off for it. Right. You know, so you have to know that ahead of time. You know, you have to 
be able to take rejection and you have to be able to know that it's not always going to be as fascinating as that whole rock and roll dream seems, you know, but if you stick to it and keep going, hopefully it'll work out for you. you And that's kind of where I'm at right now. You know, now, do you think, because, um, I mean, you, you seem to have such a great understanding of it. Um, you know, when you tell people, um, you know, your passion, your, to, to be a musician or to pursue a career in music or whatever. It, it, I think anytime you share that with people, whether it's music or any type of, you know, the arts entertainment, uh, people don't take it seriously because I think they, their perception is that it just looks like it's so much fun and it looks like it's so easy, especially when you're really a good, a good artist. Um, and they don't understand the, the struggles that you go through and everything that goes on behind the scenes to the back end of it. Yeah. To, to, um, to have a great performance. Uh, how do you, um, get people to understand and respect that, you know, it's, it's a serious business like anything else. I think the more, at first I think everybody didn't take me seriously. You know, I I know for a fact, a lot of my friends that I had Mm -hmm. grown up with, they all thought, dude, you know, you're okay, get over yourself, you know. Um, But I think just the more you show, you know, hey, this is what I'm doing, the more you, again, believe in yourself. Right. And you become that person. You know, you have to be that person. You got to live that way. You got to, you know, act that way, be that way. And the more you do, and then it got to a point where I'm like, all right, I just won the Hard Rock Cafe's Battle of the Bands for Detroit. All right, we just played Freedom Hill. All right, we just got a song on 89X. All right, you know, we're playing, they're playing our song at the Red Wings for Joe Louis Arena. Right. Then people start taking you seriously. And now I think people all believe in what I'm doing and it's changed. Yeah. You know, where I get everybody's support. Even if they're not there in person, I get messages and people that write me all day long. Right. I'm so happy to see you following your dreams and it's inspiring to watch. And, you know, so that kind of makes you feel good. Right. Like, oh, they're, all right, people are believing it. I'm doing it. I believe in myself going right you know. so basically you earned it i mean you you yeah. you know you work it and everybody has seen everything you've done and i'm just not a take no kind of person like i don't like no I'm good like, for you i won't take no so that's why i told myself from day one i'm like i don't know where this is gonna go but i don't like playing in shithole bars for nobody i want <laughs> yeah. the biggest stage i'll go play ford field tonight if you let me you know Great. and that's just my mentality like yeah. that's where i want to go so you, know, you have your vision and that's it. Yeah. You know, who you. knows where it'll go, but that's my vision. That's well, where I see myself. Let me ask you something about that. Um, you know, I've listened to a lot of different motivational speakers throughout my time. And um, I've heard some motivational speakers say that when you absolutely have a passion in a dream, there is no plan B. There are no options. Right. Like you stay focused on that. No plan B. I've heard other people say you should always have a plan B, especially if you're an artist. What's your opinion on that? I mean, it's always good to be safe, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't want to – it's it's hard for people sometimes to put all their eggs in one basket because yeah. it might not be making them money or it might not be getting them more the success they want. But I do feel there is some truth to that. You have to just have it in your mind that this is it. This That's is it. it. I mean, yes, I'll keep doing what I have to do to pay the bills and to do what I have right. to live. Right. But this is it. This is no other, there's nothing else for me, you know? Okay. And, and I think that you just kind of have to have that mentality. Sometimes it's good to play it safe, but safe sometimes doesn't get you where you right. want to be. You have to take a chance at some point. Right. You have to step out there out right. of your comfort zone. Sometimes you have to really go for it. Right. If you want to do it, you know, and that's, 
kind of just the attitude you got to have, I think. You almost got to be selfish with your time sometimes. You got to be yeah. selfish in relationships. It sucks. Yeah. And I don't mean selfish in a bad way, but right. sometimes when, you know, you're needed or wanted to be at home right. relaxing and doing stupid cuddling stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be in the studio tonight. Right. And I'm not saying right. it's stupid like I'm against it. No, I'm no, just, I I'm get just what saying, you're saying. You know, you almost sometimes yeah. have to keep that right. level of you know, yeah. groundedness to yourself to do it. Right. You know, and right. sometimes people get upset and right. I think that I've kind of distanced, not on purpose, but through this process of kind of don't see some of my friends anymore. Right. I don't see people like that, but right. I'm doing what I love. I'm doing what makes me happy. So right. I guess at the end of the day, that's just, right. you know, well, and it is a grind. I mean, you're right. I mean, you pretty much have to, I think when you're a musician, have to be married to your music. I mean, yeah. I don't know how else you can do it, you know, well, especially with so many other people out there shooting for the same thing, you exactly. know, what's going to separate you from the bat, from right. the rest. Right. Sometimes it's just your work ethic. Sometimes it's just your right. drive that pushes you ahead of the rest. Most of the time it's those mm-hmm. things, yeah. you yeah. know. I mean, you have to have talent, obviously. I mean, but. I'm not saying this to be cocky, but there's been a lot of people in this town that have been out way longer than me. And it's not that necessarily I'm trying to say I'm better than everybody. Right. But I feel like I work harder at it you yeah. know, than what I see other people. And there's a lot yeah. of talented people that are just – Mingling in them same little bars, doing the same right. little thing, and maybe that's right. cool for them. Right. If you're right. happy and that's what makes you happy, then hey, that's right. great. You just know that's not your that's vision. Not that's not no. what you want. No. It's going to be the big stage. Yes. Um, I also read that you, uh, Motown, has played a big, big uh, role in your uh, love of music and yeah. everything else. So explain that. Uh, my mom. And Dad, well, the little bit he was around, they were big Elvis fans and okay. big Motown fans. Stevie Wonder, oh, you know, yeah. the Supremes, Lionel Richie, yeah, um, Elvis, to you know, all that stuff from back in the day. So I grew up on that. Elvis Listening was always it. all over our house and in the yeah. radio and all that. So I just, I don't know, I love that stuff. I yeah. love that old school feel and the way they did music. And it just, I try to, you know, keep that. Keep it real to myself. I do. I write how I want to write. I don't try to follow. Yeah. It's just what makes me feel good. But I think that music influenced me a lot, you know, yeah. in ways and, and how to sing. Because I listen to a lot of different music. I mean, I don't just listen to rock music. I listen to everything. I listen to country music. Yeah. I listen to rap sometimes. Yeah. And I think it develops, it helps me develop how I want to approach my songs and how I want, you know. So right. Definitely that stuff played a big part on, you know, the influence, I guess. You know, because yeah. I love them artists and I like their careers and how they sang right. and how they did things. You know, Elvis was a man. Yeah. You know, I'd, you know who wouldn't want to have a career like that? Right. You know, so. Right. I have to ask a Denise question. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> okay, she always puts everybody on the spot, but I have to ask this question. If you could have written one song that's out there, that's not yours, which one would it be? <laughs> she that's a good question. Too, All I, the interviews I've done, I've never heard that one. Um, Denise always asks that one. That is a Denise question. God, that's such a good question because there's so many songs out there. Um, we can give you a few minutes. Yeah, let me think we about that one for a second. Hear, don't we? we do have another song, so can we play "Hold yeah. On"? Yes. Hold on by oh, George Janine. Love ballad here. Yeah. <laughs> Saw you standing there, your eyes glowed through your golden hair, felt the nerves run through me as I approached you. Spend a little time, just laughs in a glass of wine. I just can't see 
Beautiful. Thank you. How can people get your music? I was just going to ask that. You can find it. I'm on uh, Facebook, obviously. I've got my own personal page. What, I, what are the sites? Can you um, go ahead and Facebook.com slash or forward slash Georgia Need fan page. Okay. That's how you can A-N-E-E-D, get to A-N-E-E-D, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. That's how you can get to our music page on Facebook. Then we've got Reverb Nation. Okay. You can do www.reverbnation.com slash George Need 22, forward slash George Need 22. Okay. Um, 
I've had songs on Pandora and iTunes and all that stuff. The new music will all go on to them sites as soon as we record more. Okay. Um, but you can definitely follow us through Reverb Nation or Facebook. And I post everything all the time. And I just I'll found always... you on Instagram, so I just added uh, you on Instagram. Nice. All right. <laughs> Good. And there too. So yeah, um, if you can go to any of them sites right now um, until we get new music recorded. Okay. Um, and then we start putting it everywhere. But that would be the best two to find me okay. right now. And um, so you have a big show Friday. Yes. Okay. To talk about that. It's at the pub, right? Yes. Okay. We are playing um, the Detroit pub in Clinton Township. Mm-hmm. We are playing with Harlow. And Cadre, good friends, yeah. and both great bands. Yeah, um, we have Without End is playing as well, and the Casket Company. Oh wow! So, so there's quite a few people on. Sure and right. um, and what time does the show start? I believe the first band is at eight. Eight, and is there a cover charge, or do they buy tickets? There's or how a does that work? Five dollar at the door. Right, so you yeah. they don't have to get tickets ahead no, of time. No, they don't then. have to get tickets okay. ahead of time. So it's all right, $5 so at Friday night at the Detroit Pub in Clinton Township, you can catch Georgia Need and the Law Abiding Citizens, along with another a, a whole bunch of uh, great bands. I know Cadre. I know mm-hmm. uh, their lead guitarist. Uh, Pockets, we call them. <laughs> I don't know if anybody knows them by pockets, but us, but it's Sean Patterson. Yeah. So that, that'll be fun. Um, and what's next for the band then? Are you guys in the studio right now? Where are you at with no, new music? Well, we've got, uh, we've got Crazy, which was mine, but they've learned it. We, yeah. we will be playing it. Okay, um, great. We, um, we've got four songs completely done. We've got three more that are in the process. All right. So we're just kind of like stockpiling right now. Yeah. And pretty soon, probably by summer, we'll be recording again, full fledged. We may mm-hmm. actually <clears throat> go in sometime soon okay. to just do a single. Yeah. You know, so cool. we have something. Something else. You know? Okay. Um, but I would probably say expect, you know, a full length or an EP, you know, more directed towards later in the summer. Okay. You know, cool. um, so we'll have some new stuff. But as far right. as what we're going to be doing, we're doing the pub Friday. Mm-hmm. We actually just got added on with you. Yep. I'm excited about that show. Yeah, that, I think we go on right great. after you, too. Oh, cool. Yeah, Sweet. yeah you do. And that's uh, that show is um, on Sunday, March 20th, yep. also at the pub. Yep. Yeah, and that's awesome. actually a benefit for the whole Flint water uh, crisis. So yeah. that that's a really good cause. Can I think that's rock. cool that you guys are all donating your time for that. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah. And then uh, from there, I don't have anything else you know, book for sure right now, just yeah. because we wanted to start kind of getting more towards the, ready for the studio. Right. But we um, we're hoping to be involved with some of the festivals over the summer. Yeah. Cool. We are also um, verbally, it was confirmed yesterday that we will be joining ICP. Oh, wow. They're gathering of the Juggalos down in Ohio this That's summer. Awesome. So, yeah, we're going to be well, doing congratulations. that. Congratulations. Going out to do some recording with them Saturday, no actually. No kidding. That is for awesome. one of their projects. And um, awesome. so well, we're. Congratulations. We're, That's great. So, yeah, we've just. Uh, just ready to go. Yeah. You know, Are you just, guys uh, planning anything out of state besides the Ohio? Uh, um, I'd like to. Yeah. That's going to be something I'd like to definitely get into doing this yeah. summer. Um, like to just start hitting spots, you know, right. different cities, you know, um, right. little by little and just start going. Yeah. You know? cool. Obviously, you know, everybody works and yeah. has a lot going on, but we are going to start trying to make the out of town thing happen a lot more. Okay, so, great. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else we should know about you or the band? Anything else? Anything else coming up that you want to talk about or? Um, I think we pretty much covered it all. Got we got covered. DMAs, we got the okay. shows, we got uh, 
I'm single now. That's a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. Uh, that'll get those ladies out <laughs> yeah, there. That's there right. Now it's going to be packed with all the ladies yeah. Friday night. That's a brass and panties one. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. I'm do, they still do, do they still do that, throw panties? I don't know. I'm a well, girl. Yeah, no I one's ever thrown them at me. You. So. <laughs> but anyway. you wouldn't want my G-string. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Big John. Okay, well, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. We really no appreciate it. it was, um, you, you've got a lot going on. Your music's awesome. So thank I can't you. wait. To, I'm going to see you on the 20th, so I can't wait to see that. Awesome. Uh, but right now you can um, catch George Need and the Law Abiding Citizens on the Reber Nation page on Facebook. Um, you can catch them this Friday night at the Detroit Pub. Um, along with the lineup, and typically, well, I do have one more question. This is kind of like our, also like a Denise type question. Um, but I, if you could have dinner with any musician in the world, or or have had dinner, like if they died, who would it be? Probably either Michael Jackson or Elvis. Really? I love, <laughs> yeah. I, love, I love I love both of them. And to answer your question from earlier, I can't narrow down one song in particular, but I would probably love to have sang or performed or written one of their songs. I'm That's a huge awesome. fan of both of them. Yeah. And I just love their Good whole choice. thing. So, yeah, I would definitely probably have dinner with one of them. Yeah. You That's know? awesome. Um, Good choice. Yeah. Um, okay, great. So we... We end all the interviews with a fortune cookie, okay? Nice. This is our tradition, and what we do is we toss the cookies, and whichever way the prongs are facing you means that that fortune was destined for you, okay? Right. And we read them out loud. And then we have a sip on this, and the beer that we picked out for you is called Closure Beer. And I thought of that after I heard the song Crazy. I thought <laughs> it said awesome. so. All right, so we're going to toss the cookies, and oh, I think... That this one goes to George. This yeah. one's Big John's right yeah, here. This one's, that one's Jessica's. This is Jess. Right here. This one's mine. Yours is upside down. <laughs> Why I wonder is if that, that means something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right. And while we're doing this, because we're going to read our fortunes, I do want to uh, say that, uh, uh-huh. first of all, thank you, Rocky, for being oh, here and co-hosting. Thank you, Big John. You're welcome, Thank you, George. No thanks, Jess. Thank you thank for you. having me. And um, Denise, Brendan Nelson will be back next week. And uh, our guest next week is John Rios. This is going to be, he's, this guy is so cool. His resume will blow you out of the water. He's um, a nationally recognized illustrator and artist, and he's worked with Eminem, Motley Crue, oh, wow. um, Billy Idol, just a ton of people. And uh, I met him over the summer, I actually bought a, a piece of art from him and he had no idea who this wow. guy worked with. He's so unassuming and he's so much fun to party with. So he's going to be here next Sweet. week. So it's going to be a good show. Um, we are going to close the song, the show today with the song crazy, but we do have to read fortunes. Jess, you want to go ahead and start? You will have good luck in spring. And I already knew that. So I believe it. Really? <laughs> yeah. But where in bed? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. In bed. In bed. <laughs> Oh, look at, okay, mine is, your income will increase in bed. What are you about to get involved in? I don't know. I doubt it will increase in bed. I don't want to know. Earmuffs, earmuffs. (laughs) You will be unusually successful in business in bed. Oh, Oh, we're supposed to add in bed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Your days will be filled with happiness. No, sunshine and happiness in bed. Oh, there you go, John. Wow. John wants to run home. Wow. <laughs> Watch out, Joanne. Yeah, he's doing it outside. All right, apparently. George. 
You will be showered with good luck in bed. Wow. wow. Freshly single. You just said you're single. You got a green one after here. the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so we are going to close with our quote. Remember, sometimes the only mode of transportation available is a leap of faith. So thanks for hey. taking a leap of faith with us. Everybody have a great week. Happy hump day. Happy hump and day. And we are going to listen to Crazy one more time. Thank you, George and Ada. Thank you. This is a previously recorded episode of